I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Well, welcome back to KSL News Radio. I am Jason Perry with the Hinckley Institute of Politics, joined by Morgan Lyon Cotty. Morgan, it's been such a great conversation today about politics. And I, I know you and I are the ones that are staying up late to watch all the conventions. Too late. I'm ready, I'm ready for a break. We'll be back at it next week with the Republicans. That, but that's right. Yes. Well, I'll tell you who else is watching all night long. Mr. Scott Howell. Scott Howell, yes. <laughs> uh, so, so glad to have you, Scott. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much. I, I got confused. I thought it was the Cotty Perry show or the JM show or the MJ program. So you guys have really made a mark. <laughs> it, 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 this is the MJ, right? I like that. You guys are terrific. Thank you for the well, invitation. I know you're saying this because we know you're saying this only because you hosted on Wednesday on this show. So <laughs> it's only fair we get back at you a little bit. <laughs> hey, amen. So, hey, so, so, so Scott. So, so let's take a second, Scott, because this was the first ever 100% remote uh, Democratic convention. Please give us a little view as to what you thought about this. Give it a grade. How did they do? How was it received doing it this way? Well, uh, to this skeptic right here who just thought that there'd be no way to do it, uh, COVID-19 has changed everything. Now we know that it changed the way that we are going to do conventions in the future. I have to give it an A minus, and I only do the minus because I think there were some areas in there where there might have been too long a speech. But for overall production purposes, it was spectacular. I mean, it, it, it caught the emotion. It caught the senses. It gave us an opportunity to see uh, candidates like we've never seen them before. I feel bad for a lot of those candidates who had to look into a computer screen and deliver their message. Uh, I did that one year when I did the State of the State rebuttal uh, when I was in the minority leader. And I'll tell you, that was the biggest failure of all the, the uh, rebuttals that I've ever given. But uh, technically, uh, musical-wise, I, I am a new fan of Jennifer Hudson. Oh, my goodness. She blew me away. But I think for substance, I think for message, I think for inclusion, uh, and I, I think the dramatic effects came through loud and clear. And quite frankly, I think this is going to be part of the new norm. Scott, I am surprised to hear you were a skeptic because your career has been in tech. I thought you <laughs> you would know how to do this. You'd be all excited. Morgan, I appreciate you. I'm just so giving you a hard time. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the truth. IBM, 10 years ago, we talked about this world. And I can remember being down at Brigham Young University speaking to a group of students. There's probably 150 to some forum. And I talked to them about groceries being delivered to their house. I talked to them about services that they would be in uh, virtual reality. And I'll I tell you, the professor came up to me after and said, I don't think that went over well because that's just never going to happen. And maybe it was 15 years ago. But now I look at this, and Morgan, you're exactly right. 
uh, IBM had the vision. We were just like 10 or 15 years too early, but it took a pandemic to really make this happen. And, and look, at, look at how we're delivering education. I mean, I would have never dreamed that the, you would have reopened or any of the uh, higher ed, and they're going to be doing virtual, real, uh, virtual uh, education as probably the foundation and then face-to-face, uh, you know, limited. So it, it's with us. It is there. It's amazing what we're all figuring out how to do in this this current crazy year that we call 2020. But I want to ask you something. So one of my big takeaways from the convention was they were really pitching big tent Democratic Party. They had Bernie Sanders and Governor Kasich, and they had AOC and Cindy McCain. This is something I know you like as a moderate Democrat in our state. I'm wondering how well you think that message went. If moderate Republicans or the hardcore liberal or the moderate Democrats in Utah, if that message resonated. Well, I I think you're, you're exactly right on trying to figure out if the far left and the far right I got complaints from the uh, far left that said, why are you allowing those Republicans to be on our convention? But for me, this it really sums up where we are as a country. We've got to end this polarization of parties. And I think to the, to the typical voter out there, I still maintain that they're pretty centrist. Now, they might be a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, but I think at the end of the day that they believe the fundamentals of our country can be worked out through good working and collaboration together. So I, I, I did get some negatives on it. Um, it was interesting. I, I got a lot from my far right friends who uh, said, look, if this is uh, if this is the new Democratic Party, I'm very interested because I don't know what's going on in the GOP right now. So it, it, it's kind of a combination. But, Morgan, I, I think for overall, people just need to decide that they're going to come together and we're going to make change or we're going to continue in the pathway that we're going right today. One of the things I'm curious about, too, on, on that path, uh, you know, as you start talking, if the Democrats are going to be able to coalesce, I'm, I'm curious about the overall kind of uh, campaign strategy of Joe Biden, because you're a representative of Joe Biden for the state of Utah, right? Correct. And when okay, they so, so talk about that, this. One of the things I, I sorry about that, Jason. I just going to say when they asked me to do it like uh, five or six months ago, I got this call and they said, "Hey, look, it's only going to be like a couple press conferences. You won't have to really do too much." Oh my gosh! <laughs> they didn't tell me the truth on that one. <laughs> That's how they get get you to volunteer for these things, Scott. You should have known better by now. But I, but let me ask you this. Um, so a, a theme that I, I thought I was hearing in some of these speeches, particularly from Joe Biden's speeches, uh, you know, you had you had some of the standard policies talked about from the Democratic Party, but it seemed a lot of this, a lot of it ended with this is a vote on character. Um, that seemed to be something we heard quite a lot from several of the candidates. Is, is that, do, you, do you agree with that's true, that that's part, part of a central message, and do you think that's going to continue forward? Well, I'm not so much a uh, – uh, I'm not quite sure on, on how to answer that. I, I think if you uh, look at the speech, and, uh, and especially Biden uh, wrapping this all up, he didn't say Trump's name once. And what he focused on was, and I love this, when he told the viewers that 
he would be an alley of light, not of our darkness. And uh, I think that his, his whole notion about where he is on solving the biggest issue, and that was on the pandemic. And he really came out with a plan. I mean, he, he said, this is what my plan is going to do. And, and number one was to issue a national mask mandate, which be a, he says, quote, a patriotic duty to protect one another. And he, he did call out the president in the sense of saying that the president still doesn't have a plan. He does. He'll implement the national strategy he's been laying out since March. And I, again, without ever saying Trump's name, Biden spoke the dangers of the next four years of the current administration. So I, I think it, it is going to be a vote about where we're going to go as a country and what we're going to be doing. Um, and it, quite frankly, I think uh, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I think that this next four years is going to be dramatic on just what Morgan and I talked about earlier. How do we implement virtual reality into economy? How do we uh, put virtual reality into every aspect of our life that we've never had? Well, that's going to have to be the last word on that. We, we appreciate your insight, Scott, as always. And, of course, uh, the, the Republican National Convention starts next week. We'll be talking about that going forward also. But thanks for giving us your take on what happened. There's always a pleasure. Hey, Jason and Morgan, you guys are great. And I will be watching just as diligently as I did on the Democratic. I wish the Republicans the best because that's the way we should do politics. Everybody doing their best and then for us as the voters to vote for the best. Thank you guys for having me on. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.